What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. You have this teeny tiny spot that you missed when you were shaving right under your nose. It's hard to get that. I always (laughs) try. I mean, there's a special razor for it, but I use it when I shaved in a hurry the other night. It must have went by the wayside. Like a single blade special razor? Yeah, it's on the back side. It's like you have to flip your razor upside down and gets in there. So what if you just like pull your skin really tight? With the big razor? It, it's still, because it, that buffer where the strip is, it, you can't get under there. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> this knowledge is brought to you by Leo Warriors. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about today. Today we're going to talk about whether or not you're suffering from attention residue. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I'm going to drop a link below for an incredible book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And in this book, he talks about how there is a concept called attention residue. And it's not something that I've ever really sat and thought about until he brought it to my attention in this book. And essentially what it is, is we all know from listening to our shows for any length of time that there is no such thing as multitasking. Even the greatest machines in the world are not capable of doing anything at the same time, right? We have programs that are running and they're running one at a time and eventually running too many of those programs too often is going to slow things down. And that's not just in the world of technology, that's also in the world of us. Because if we think about any number of things that we could be doing at once, technically we're task shifting, going from gears of one thing to another thing to another thing. And Clint, as a, a detective, as an officer, you certainly know that switch tasking is something that you're, you have turned on almost all of the time. You need to, you're trained to, but there is no such thing as being able to do it all at once and multitasking because what happens is the quality of performance is going to fail with the more things that we're trying to do at once. Yeah. And especially in my line of work of doing what I do, I, I notice when I start adding too many of those programs on at once, things start slipping through the cracks. I, miss some verbiage in in a warrant that I needed there or and I'll get it back and I'll look at it like what happened here and and it's because I had too many different things going on at once which something always will lack when you're doing that yeah what's coming to mind for me right now because we like to do a Thanksgiving dinner in the middle of the year and we have new neighbors so I was thinking about inviting them over And I'm thinking about the Thanksgiving dinner or any big meals that we're cooking, right? The more things that you're cooking at once and the more that you have to pay attention to, then the more likely it is that something is going to get overcooked or you're going to forget to take something out of the refrigerator or those marshmallows on the sweet potatoes are going to get a little too toasty, which Mm -hmm. I'm totally okay with. (laughs) That's usually what happens in our Thanksgiving multitasking, right? And an aspect that... How Newport brings up, of course, is this little box that we all carry around all day, every day called our cell phone, which ultimately diverts our attention more times than anything else in our our entire lives throughout every single one of our days. And something that was mentioned to me recently in a coaching program that I'm in is it's not enough to just shut your phone off or to put your phone on silent mode. 
the mere element of having your cell phone nearby. So let's pretend that you're at dinner with your family and you have your phone sitting on the table and it's on. It could even be on airplane mode. But the mere element of having this attention distractor there and visible actually starts to create this ten- attention residue and it takes our attention away even so so slightly away from whatever it is that we're doing. And I'm thinking about that in the moment because picture yourself at a meeting and you put your phone on airplane mode and you set it there on the table. Like, okay, you don't care about it. You don't want any distractions, right? But just think for a moment about the mental connection that you have to that cell phone based on the awareness of it because you know what it's capable of. You know what you use it for. You're wondering maybe what's going to happen when you take it off of airplane mode. So having a cell phone completely put away in a different location, maybe shoved in a drawer somewhere, can make an incredible difference when it comes to our performance. And I thought that was so profound because I time block my time a great deal. Clint, you're usually one of the only people that can get a hold of me during those time blocks. And I I do that. I put my phone next to me usually somewhere. But by having the practice of not having it nearby, then you know, I, I can hear the excuses right now, but what if my kids call or what if it's something urgent? What if someone needs me? Like those what ifs are so minuscule, like the likeliness of that happening is so minute that it's just another excuse that we tell ourselves. And I've had clients that will argue that fact with me and I understand what the argument is. But what would happen if you disabled all notifications on your phone except for the school or you disabled all the notifications on your phone except for your spouse? Or what would happen if you told your spouse that you're not going to be available to them for the next hour? So if they needed you, the only way to get a hold of you in my case would be to have somebody knock on my front door. That happens to us, especially when we do our shutdowns at night. Clint and I, we literally are not available to the outside world. It's one of the benefits of living where we do. We don't have people coming and knocking on our doors. If we did, then it would be a problem. And another aspect to this attention residue is for us to have full completion of whatever the thing is that we were working on prior. So Clint, let's pretend that you're working on a caseload and you know that you have to write up a a warrant for Google or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you haven't already completed that task number one, or even if you just complete task number one, you're going to have some residue left over, meaning some train of thoughts and things that are still circulating, whether it's on a conscious or a subconscious level, to where it's going to carry over into task number two. So a recommendation is before you go and write that warrant for Google, then you stand up and you do something else for five minutes. Maybe you go outside. Clint has a museum inside of his department. <laughs> Sometimes he'll go in, inside of the museum. So if that was what you decided to do between big task A and big task B, doing something to literally like shift your physiology to get you prepared for task number two could make all the difference. And we don't need in this episode to talk about the benefits of being able to have that movement going on before you do shift into task number two, which we all too often will sit there and go straight into the next thing. But by giving ourselves that block, something that actually disrupts whatever the thing was before to the next thing that we have to do, then it actually completely erases and almost fully eliminates that residue in between those two tasks. That's a really good concept. And and that is actually something I practice. And when I'm in warrant writing mode, because I write so many warrants on a regular basis that I keep in that mode until I can almost... 
I can almost feel myself slipping out of that state. And that's when I take the five, 10 minutes and walk away from my desk and I'll call Ashley or I'll just, I do hot laps around the station just to get out of my office. And I walk around the station, not outside, but just do like interior walks and say hi to people as I walk by. And I just do a, almost a quick power walk just to boost that energy, but also to get my mindset on my next task. Yeah. And I think that is important. And it's a ritual that if we allow ourselves to incorporate it into our day, then it will become routine. I know somebody who sets a 15 minute timer constantly on their phone throughout their 10 hour workday to where they get up for five minutes every 15 minutes. And that might sound like that's absurd to some people, but it renders incredible benefits when it comes to us being able to oxygenate our brain and to allow that blood to get flowing. And I know for me personally, the way that I do it is not setting that timer, but I do set a mental clock for the water that I'm drinking every day. I drink 128 ounces of water every single day. And so what that means is that my body is going to respond to that and I need to pee frequently. Mm-hmm. So I use that as something that will allow me to you know, stop working and you got to get up and go pee. And then that allows me to refill my water bottle. And it's just like this continuous cycle. And if I feel like I'm not doing that enough, then I'll have like three to four drinks by me. So I'll make a cup of hot tea and then I'll have a bubbly water with my regular water. And, you know, I'm just like constantly pumping the fluid. That way it will be a trigger for me to have to get up off my ass, stop working ash and then go to the bathroom and then come back. Even something as simple as that. And it's so funny because I was watching a workout video and I heard a girl that was just talking about different things that you could do to promote more activity throughout your day. And she was talking about the concept of going to the bathroom. And it was so cute because it was like something I would say because she was like, you should want to go to the bathroom as many times as you can throughout the day because it's a free squat. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's so funny because it's true, at least for females. Unless you're my dad. He sits with me. Don't ask me how I know that. But I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. Click on the link below to check out more from Cal Newport. And as always, know that I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.